Welcome to Curiosity Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we are on episode 160. Yeah. 160 episodes in the bank. And that's a lot of content. How many hours is that? Too many. At least 160. Well, more than that. And more. It's like more than 200. Yeah, for sure. That, that's a lot. Of, that, that, could, that means like you couldn't use this podcast for entertainment for more than a week straight. It's impressive. Yeah, just, I don't know, I don't know about the entertainment part, but, you know, maybe it's used like, you know, down in, in you know, some kind of interrogation or something. Oh, man. <laughs> you put us in that category? <laughs> like sleep deprived. Oh. You'll have to listen to Pure Awesome Podcast until you break. Yeah. And then when you leave the interrogation, you'll be like a hardcore reseller and you'll get out on the streets <laughs> and, and just make a ton of money. How do we? I don't even know how. Okay. Anyways. So yeah, what a way to start. We don't practice any of these intros. It's whatever no. Orlando. No enhanced to, what, interrogation pure hustle podcast. Whatever techniques. comes off his head is what we talk about. And, uh, you know, sometimes it goes down weird places. And there you have it. All right. Well, hey, this is an update episode. So yeah. We have, we have a lot. <laughs> people love your yes. You know that? That's good. Like me, that's another shirt. We got to, we got to do, we got to do some new shirts eventually. So is that like my yup? Like, yeah, like, I think so. Like, I think like so. Guy. As long as you don't charge $3 to take a picture with you. So, you no. know, we're okay. I'll get pictures for free. No, you've seen, you seen, you seen him, right? At the, Dave yeah, Esther at yeah. the Kobe Swamp Me here in San Diego. I think, well, when I saw him like three years ago, it was $3 to take a picture. And you actually know he's there because he says, yup, like every five minutes you hear, yup. Like, who is that? Hey, man, marketing. We talked about that on our last yeah. Level Up review. And if you haven't listened to that one, honestly... Of all of our level up reviews, I mean, I take that back. They're all great, but but this one is really good. <laughs> this like, one's the best. No, definitely, I wouldn't. They're all so good for different reasons. Um, but man, this one I'm, I'm really taking a lot out of. Uh, a lot of the concepts we're talking about, I think, are great. So I would go check that out. And, and one of the key concepts we talked about there was really being well rounded and a big key aspect of any career a lot of times is most people are one one skill away from becoming very very wealthy and a lot of times that skill is is selling or marketing or one of those things that can take whatever skill set you have and take it to the next level so uh, yeah i mean he's he's doing what he's doing maybe i need to maybe you need to jump on that i mean you make some yeah shirts. <laughs> yeah some yeah shirts we have so many options for shirts now i did want to say what he what mike is talking about marketing will play a part later on when we talk about ebay's traffic month and there's ways to like avoid final value fees, but we'll talk about that in a moment. So let's let's see how things are going. How are things going for you? I got I got plenty to talk about. So yeah, I mean, when don't you have plenty? That to talk is true. About? Hey, 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 you know what? Last episode, if we counted words per podcast, I think you won last episode. Yeah, by I won. Slide. I won one out of one sixty. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's kind of funny how our like catching up and random stories turned in for like one story each to like. That is now true. you have like four stories. Because we enjoy this. Like, hey, we haven't gotten Joe Rogan yet where it's like three to four hours. Yeah. Well, I think that'd be fun. Mm, <laughs> yeah. You don't think so? All right. Yeah. <laughs> we probably lose everybody. Well, I don't know. We don't, like on YouTube, right? Don't we lose people after half an hour? Yeah. I mean, it, it just depends. I mean, people, people. Do you want us off. to reveal these stats? Yeah. Let's, let's not do that. This, that's not what this episode's okay. about. But uh, I mean, yeah. So things have been going good for me. Um, Last few weeks, I've, you know, I talked about before, like, really looking at seeing what it's like doing this full time. Um, and I've done that to an extent. I've definitely done a lot more listing. I've done uh, a little bit more sourcing, uh, but I'm still not treating it like it's full time, full time. Part of that is because it's still coming off of just kind of a hectic, crazy school year. Uh, and so kind of leaving that. And then I've got this big trip coming up where I'm taking two weeks and I'm going on a road trip. I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to Texas and 
from California to Colorado to Texas, all the states that, that kind of loop around in there. Uh, and I'll be stopping at thrift stores the whole way, sourcing while I'm there, maybe even doing some uh, some listing and shipping um, while I'm in the process of that. So yeah, background removal, you can make yeah, it happen. Yeah, exactly. So, but, so I'm kind of trying to take a vacation because that's technically going to be my vacation, my family vacation. So I'm trying to take like a little bit of, of, of a reprieve before that. So I'm definitely reselling pretty hard, but not not eight hours a day, which if I was doing that, I mean, I'd be in a lot better place, I'm sure. But it is kind of nice sometimes to just uh, relax a little. But yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've been doing, I've, I've got pictures of all of the, the RPG books that I, I, I purchased, talked about a, a few weeks ago, talked about it on the uh, Primetime Treasure uh, game show thing we did. And it's pretty awesome that I'm going through these books. I think I paid like $25 total for this one set. I, I think I paid 60 for like three different sets of books. And the one set that I'm going through currently, I'm about halfway through. And I'd say most of the books sell for about $25 consistently mm -hmm. uh, used in the same condition that I have them for. And a handful of them sell for like $10, $15. But I've already ran into like three or four that sell for like 75 bucks or more. Nice. Right. And so it's like I got 20. I think I counted. I got 28 books in this one of, of this one game, Battletech. Got 28 books for about $25 total. And I just can't wait for those sales to start coming like in. a lot of profit. Yeah. And I mean, I know those sales are going to come in because, um, you know, as I'm looking through, I didn't use like any any charts. I didn't use Terrapeak or anything to see like exactly the sales. But each book, they're so easy to look up. As I pull up the book, uh, I see that in the last 60 days or the last 90 days, you've got, oh, there's been like nine of these that have sold. And so I'm actually kind of doing the fast nickel thing on these because it's such a niche market that I could hold out, especially if the books go for about $25 each, I'm going to list it for 23. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I could put it for 25, like everybody else is selling them for, and it might be a couple of years before it sells, or I can just get these books out of my system as fast as possible, use that capital and reinvest that capital into something a little bit more, um, maybe not more profitable, but I can get that money moving quicker for me. So yeah, so no, I about get that. that. And the thing is, is that, this is now, I mean, you already knew this niche, but you really, this is the first time you actually jumped into it, right? Yeah. I mean, as far as reselling. Kind of. I mean, I've been reselling board games and RPG games quite a bit, uh, but this was like my big bulk buy. Yeah. yeah that's it. what I mean. Yeah. Um, so that's nice, but it's one of those things where um, I don't know when the next big bulk buy is going to come, right? Like, I had the Department 56. I've had a couple of other things that I don't want to talk about the, the categories because <laughs> I don't want to give it out. Ruin the bow. You know, but um, so I've had like, it seems like every like four months, like I, I stumble across a deal that like kind of carries me for the next four or five months. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's like, man, this is so great. But then as it starts to dwindle, I'm like, oh no, like I've been looking, I can't find any more great deals like this deal. What am I going to do? Like once I run out of these, like then it's just going to be back to like bread and butter items. And then something else comes along, right? And so the more you're out there, the more you're looking. And each time, the nice thing is it's been like a different niche that I've gotten a big, big bulk buy like that. So even if a big bulk opportunity in that niche shows up once a year, right? Maybe hopefully more often than that, yeah. more frequently. But if it's say it's once a year and every few months I'm finding a new one that I can kind of add to my repertoire, then next thing you know, I could be finding great big buys like that every single month, right? Because I have enough categories of like, ooh, this is a great type of bulk buy to get. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to be expanding like that and and constantly growing and improving and and seeing my store numbers go back up because, you know, I'm kind of noticing that that getting some holes in, in my inventory, you know, it's That's definitely not as packed out as it was. 
Uh, which, yeah, that is definitely a good thing. Uh, we talked before about being inventory inventory light and capital rich, right? So uh, it's kind of nice to, to see that happen. But at the same time, it can provide a little bit of anxiety, especially, you know, garage sales are starting to pick back up. Um, some thrift stores are opening up, but the sourcing still isn't quite to where it was before. And we've had to pivot a little bit. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's can cause anxiety if you're seeing your inventory shrink and you're like, uh... When am I going to be able to replace this stuff? Yeah, no, and, and you bring about a great point indirectly is the idea that I'm looking right now at some items that you probably haven't listed those items I'm looking at, have you? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay. All right. No, no, but here's the thing. You had no problem listing those RPG books. You actually probably maybe enjoyed it a little bit. Yeah. Right? Looking through it. And and so I, I, I know, like, you know, we talk about discipline and we talk about passion, but I'm going to tell you, like... When you source, if you're just sourcing stuff that's only going to make you profit, it might be okay for a little bit. Depends how much of profit, right? If you're going to tell me that this really boring item that I don't care for, I can make a couple grand on, I'm probably going to enjoy listing and selling that. But if it's like a multiple of things, I'm going to make the same amount of money, right, with both items, right? Because ultimately, right, you can always find stuff to flip. And I, I more and more, the more I've done this full time, now in year three, I begin to realize that. I need to source stuff that I care about that I really, you know, I'm not going to like drudge because it's it, what's going to happen is it's not going to get listed. I still have still electronics from pre-pandemic that I said during pandemic I was going to test and that have not been listed. Yeah. And I think part of that too comes down to do you have the luxury of being that picky and choosy? Um, if you're true, going, true. if you go to a thrift store every single day for a week and the only things you're finding are things that are profitable but you don't necessarily enjoy testing and and fixing or or listing or taking pictures or shipping whatever it is but it's like I could walk out of this thrift store with $100 net profit guarantee or I could walk out of this thrift store zero because no, there's nothing yeah. so it part of it comes down to two of do you have the luxury and if you've got that inventory reservoir you've built up enough stock of inventory that you're not necessarily hurting then yeah, you can maybe be a little bit more picky and choosy, but um, you know, especially if you're first starting out, or you know, if if your bottom line purpose for doing this is money, you got to go wherever the money is, whether you enjoy it or not. Hey, you just got to figure out what works for you. I just know, like today, I started listing thirty snapback cats. I like snapback cats because they all tell a story. There's some history behind them, right? But if you're gonna tell me to go test a VCR and hook it up, and uh, no, like I, I don't want to. You know what I mean? So. And and some of these hats, I'm going to make the same amount of net profit than I would make selling a VCR, right? So what am I going to spend time doing? The thing I care about more. So yeah, but I, I see both sides. I see both sides. Anything else? Um, yeah, I mean that's kind of the the where I'm at for the week. You know, just listen. Uh, my wife came to the office with me like yesterday, and we took a ton of pictures and uh, you know tried to get through some inventory that I sourced and went to a thrift store finally, which I'll talk about when I get to when we get to our random stories, but. Um, you know, it was nice being able to fill my trunk up with some items again. Um, it's it's a good feeling, but at the same time, you know, it's that back end work of all right now. It's time to list. But the nice thing is the fact that I'm home, my wife's home, we're both home now. We could actually it's something we can do together. And we used to do it together after we both came home from you know a ten hour day at work, oh, yeah. and we it's had rough. to go pick up you know our son from daycare, and then we had to do dinner and bath time and bed, and then we're like. We're already only going to get seven hours of sleep, but we need to take some pictures and list and ship. You know, that was where it was rough. Now we can go in the middle of the day and it is like a dream come true. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, 
Speaking of vacationing, so I gotta say, once once I went full time, or even before that, like going on vacations has never been the same. I mean, even you, like, what do you have thought five years ago? You're like, hey, I'm gonna hit a thrift store, or I'm gonna list on the road. Like that seems such a foreign concept, right? And I I think even with our close friends, if we were to share that, they'd be like, why? Like that's crazy. Except for I mean, I have been telling people when people ask what we're doing for the summer, and I I tell them the road trip, and then I say. And I bought a trailer that I'm going to drag along behind <laughs> and fill it up with stuff and make it pay for the road trip. They're like, that's amazing. Oh, good. Well, well, they good. might just be saying that because, you know, it's just being nice. Yeah. But I mean, the idea that you can go on a on a, a vacation and make it pay for itself. It's pretty awesome. Well, and, and that's what happened to me. Now, what happened to me was crazy. Like, I did not expect things to go down the way they did. So I went to the Midwest. I'd already planned on this and I always plan on doing some kind of sourcing and, and so on. But there was a uh, merchant fulfilled Amazon item that a few days before I left that I I yeah, just found again. I, I ended up going shopping and I'm like, huh, I wonder how this is doing. And I found something that was super low rank. It was a nice net profit. And I'm like, all right, uh, I think I'm going to pick these up. So before I left, a few days before, I picked up 50 something units and all those units sold within 48 hours before I left. Right. And it was, I was making, I want to say when, when things were going good and there was only a limited amount of sellers, I was making about $25 net on each item. And then when it got to more, I was making like 15 to 20. Right. So, you know, and then it, it was all sold out. Like I remember asking like, Hey, are these any available? They're like, Nope, there's nothing, you know, this side of the Mississippi, right. There is nothing left. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So, you know, I packed ready to go to the Midwest. I, I always fly Southwest because I love how you get two luggage, a carry-on and a backpack or a purse. So I usually pack light. So I have, you know, two luggages and only one of them is like a quarter full and the others, you know, other one's fully empty. And I always bring my scale. I bring tape. I bring poly bags in case I do FBA. I bring my scanner. I bring all that. I, I was planning on doing FBA while I was there. I wasn't, and I haven't done FBA I've not sent in a shipment, I think, since February. Since February. February, February. I hope I'm saying it right. February. It's the, it's the it's one word. R they there. need to remove that R. You just need to remove it. No, it's great. I love the R. No, it's February. Anyways, so that's how long you it's been. You also go to the library. I like the library. <laughs> I think it's great. So <laughs> I know. Listen to our educated selves. All right. So. I go and I'm planning on doing all this. I ordered poly bags and I show up and I go, I'm going to stop at the store that we have back at home and wonder if they have it. I show up and they had 40 units. I'm like, huh? I picked them all up. So I go to meet my friends and my car is just like stuffed with this item. Like every single space in this rental car is filled. He's like, all right, Londo. Well, this is, this is great. So he helps me unpack and, and while I was driving from this location to my friend's house, I already saw like eight units just on the road. So I'm like, the ranking's going lower and the price is going higher. So, you know, my friends are the kind of friends that like, you know, we're not like when we vacation, sometimes when I go over to their place, it's not like they're spending time with me the entire time. I mean, they also have their own life. So they have a, a rental unit they're trying to fix up and, and have on the market here soon. And, and it, you know, his, his wife is also a nurse. And, and so they're busy. And so I began to research and I found that another store nearby had 53 units. It was like an hour and a half away. So I'm like, I'm going to pick these up. The next day I pick them up. I sold 10 units from that place back to my friend's house. So in about 27 hours, I sold 93 units. 
<laughs> and luckily he had three kids. And so they wanted to help me because when you're small, you just want to help people. Right. So they, I had an assembly line going, they set up the boxes, I taped them and I had to Frankenbox every single one. And literally a quarter of these sales already paid for my entire trip, paid for my hotel. Uh, cause I had to stay. Oh, by the way, I had to, I was stranded in, in Milwaukee one night because the car rental place closed earlier because of COVID. And so, and here's the, here's the benefit of it. Southwest had to switch my flight because of social distancing. And so if you fly right now, you can't sit next to anybody at all, which is beautiful for a big guy like me. It's awesome. I had an entire row to myself, every single flight. So Southwest had to, they gave me a $150 voucher. And on top of that, the next day at the car rental place, they basically was like, name your price. Cause I couldn't get the car the night before. And so I, I ended up getting like a 50% off deal, which covered my hotel and more. It's a great trip. So, so think about the, the financial advantages I already had going in. I literally, I think paid for my trip outside of food. My, my entire trip probably cost like 120, which everything was already covered. All the meals, everything from that merchant fulfilled trip. So it got me thinking about Amazon again. Now, it's funny because somebody commented on the last YouTube that like Orlando changes with the wind about Amazon. And it's true. It is true. But this is what I'll say. I'm really torn right now if I want to do FBA because with FBA, I just feel that people return so much. So let's say we added all my sales before I left. So I probably had, let's just throw out 300 sales, all merchant fulfilled within two weeks. It's a lot of sales. There's a lot of packing. Out of those, I had five returns. Out of those five returns, three of them came back to me and I just flipped right away. So two of them were just, you know, it's just I lost money. But this was Merchant Field. If it was the FBA, I'm, a, I'm so sure that I would have had so many more returns of things just destroyed that I couldn't make money back on. So I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that goes, maybe I should go back into my numbers and see how much money I actually did lose in FBA, right? Because, you know, you also have the extra fees. You also have the shipment fees. You also have the, the way more returns when you do FBA than you do merchant fulfilled. So I'm really not sure what I'm going to do. Uh, but I will say right now, things are so, I mean, this item, this item was like ranked 3000. And it's, I mean, think about it, 93 units in 27 hours at an obnoxious price. It wasn't too obnoxious. I did get one person that returned it said, uh, buyer suspects seller of price gouging. Oh, jeez. And this wasn't even like, an, this was not an essential, like by any means, an essential item. But I'm like, oh, here we go. Right. So I'm waiting for that return. That was one of my returns. And so I don't know what I'm going to do, but man, I just was like, I forgot about the velocity of Amazon. Now, I did have a lot of good eBay sales while I was gone. I mean, I had some great sales. So, I did like you. I took a bunch of pictures and every day I was at least listing five to 10 items while I was gone. So it was still triggering the algorithm. And I did have one person cancel a sale because it was Father's Day and they were expecting it on Father's Day. And well, it wasn't going to get there on Father's Day. So I had to cancel the sale. But here's the thing. It was a pair of Harley boots. Sold it for $89. Canceled the sale. Next day it sold for $97. Yeah. See, I mean, that was, you know, it's providential there. Yeah, I was good. I'm good with that. Yeah. So. All right. So that is, I mean, I'll talk about the thrifting here when we get to our random stories, but I also thrifted a lot while I was there. And I was, it was kind of weird being in a place where COVID didn't exist. I mean, that's the sense I got like 
It was weird. No masks. Everybody's going out to eat. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. So, all right, give me some. I like you were back in the in the normal. In the, in the normal, it, it, four it, times. It, it was strange. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we went to uh, to go eat like at Texas Roadhouse, and you know, you still had like two or three tables between you and the next group. But I mean, you could do that here now. Yeah, but not everywhere. Certain Most, counties you can. Yeah, well, in our county you can. So it's not like well in our parts of our county. Yeah, it's true. I guess so. I, it's pre- it's a preference thing right now. So I don't know. It was just it was just weird. I felt like if here if you don't wear a mask, you're mask shamed. Oh, for sure. If, 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 and, and again, I'm not saying I land on either way. I will follow public order and wear my mask. Okay. I'm not here to say you shouldn't or you should. But when I was there, I felt like I was, I felt shameful wearing a mask. I walked into like a Home Depot and no one, no one was wearing a mask. I'm like, all right, I'm going to slowly take this off and put it in my pocket. Okay. We're good. Nice. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> Give me some random stories here. So I was so excited on Saturday uh, to go to this thrift store that it's really important or a good idea to get to this thrift store. It's, it's a ways it's, it's, it's a long drive from where we live. Um, and I was excited to go and I'm ready to get there early and I wake up early enough for whatever reason. I mean, I always wake up early, but I wake up early enough and I get my morning stuff done and I decide to look for if there's any garage sales and there really hasn't been many garage sales. I mean, there's still bad. There's still some like scattered, but I pull up on yard sale treasure hunter or yard sale treasure map, whatever it's called. And I find um, like a five person garage sale, not too far from me. Right. And I'm like, oh, I could just leave like 40 minutes early, hit up these garage sales and then go to the thrift store. It's like double thrifting, like or double sourcing. Like I was so excited because it's like, all right, I get both. Right. Like I love garage sales. Thrift stores are, are pretty good. It's a good way to source. But garage sales are just so much fun. So I get up, I get all ready. I'm so excited. I walk out to my car. I had to go to my car to get something out of it. Um, and then I walked to the car that I'm going to drive. It's mostly like my wife's car. It's a little bit nicer. gets better gas mileage. And as I'm walking up to it, I see that the back windshield oh. is just shattered out. Right. And that's I'm like, terrible. That's the, that's the well, worst. On a here Saturday goes my morning. morning. Right. So then I walk inside and I tell my wife and, and the day before um, our neighbors uh, were, were doing some yard work on their part of the property. Uh, Cause like we kind of like share a, a like an easement and as they were mowing up the side and, and there, we have another fifth wheel that's not too far from us. And it's like my, my in-laws, they own this other fifth wheel that sometimes they take out to the desert or whatever. And one of the windows on the fifth, that fifth wheel got shattered too. Oh, really? So two windows got shattered. What? Um, cause the day before in the evening, they were doing this right on lawnmower, basically on like desert ground. Like, so rocks were flying everywhere and stuff. Eesh. So it was really frustrating. Didn't end up getting to go to the garage sales because I knew I had to get to th- this thrift store before it opened. Um, I actually tried to like drive by the garage sale to see if I could just jump out real quick, but I couldn't find it where they had it. And so it was going to take me a little bit of time to like circle around and like forget it. So kind of was a, a bummer, a way to kind of ruin my Saturday morning, um, which, you know, that stinks. It's not fun. And yeah. on top of that, I hate the rain. I hate the rain so much. Rain is the worst. And I get to this thrift store and I'm there 40 minutes early. And there's already a line going around the building, you know. I because was, of social distancing. Social distancing, yeah. I mean, there's always a line at this place, but but the line was the line really, really long. long. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm towards the front, but it's like not rain raining, but it, it's like enough of a haze out that it's like misting. Like if I took my phone out, it would be like covered in sprinkles in the next like ten seconds. And so I'm standing out there, and I forgot to bring a sweater, and it's cold for forty minutes 
in the rain, just thinking about this shattered back window. And I'm like, man, it's going to be like $500 to fix. I better make at least $500 at this thrift store today. So it kind of like <laughs> upset the day. But, you know, I did okay sourcing. Uh, I don't think I made that much money net profit there. I'll probably, probably net a couple hundred dollars off of it. But I guess the takeaway from this is you can be frustrated and upset when those types of things happen. Um, and we're actually going to talk in our next book that we do for a level up about like having an emergency fund uh, so that you can take care of those things. Because, yeah, nobody plans for flat tires, but but they happen. Right. So you need to have a way of covering that stuff. Uh, but kind of my takeaway is, you know, life life's going to hit you like things are going to come from every direction when you least expect it. And problems after problems are going to come. And so really all you can do is what you can do. Right. Like I could have gotten really upset and and it did mess my day up to an extent, but I still went sourcing, right? I still made some money and I was able to call around and find some people who could help me and we're going to get the window fixed, I think, for a little bit cheaper. And so you can take bad situations in your life, uh, things that kind of throw an obstacle in your way and you can look at it and you can kind of sit down and cry and be upset about it. Or you could just plow through, right? You can You can only do what you can do. And so maybe legitimate obstacles come that set you back. Maybe, you know, your windshield gets busted out and that's $500 you weren't expecting. And it had to be the rear one with the, you know, defrost and all oh, that. Stuff complicated too. one. So, you know, all of those things are, are, those things come. And so you can't change it. You can't sit there and be like, man, my life is terrible. And one of the things you said, and you kind of get it from, you've gotten it from Gary Vee's mentioned a bunch of times too, but like, honestly, like, nobody cares, right? Like you can go through hard things in life and, and some people might feel like sympathy, but like, you know, if, if you were to really ask somebody like, how's your day going? Most people are having hard things happen in their life mm -hmm. all the time. Right. And the reality is you got to just go, you got to just say, okay, what can I do to get through this? How much can I control, control what you can control? And you can't really sweat the other stuff. You can't really let it get to you. You got to move on. And so I only say that today for this podcast, my random story, because it was me that had the shattered window, but maybe it's you tomorrow, or maybe you just dealt with this, right? And so it's all about a perspective. Part of the pure hustle mindset is you just got to go out and control what you can control. When COVID happens, when quarantine happens, when sourcing dries up, when a niche changes, when an item that you're, you're doing really well selling all of a sudden gets flooded, you just have to control what you can control and move on. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you take that mindset into life, you're going to be a lot happier because, Otherwise, man, there are so many things that can just get you down and beat you up all the time. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, there's a couple of things. The, the nice thing is you have reselling that allows you to not stress as much. So like, even if you don't have an emergency fund, you have a way of making that money, right? I mean, you know, think about it before reselling, usually be like, hey, can I pick up some sub hours somewhere? Or can I, you know, and even sub hours don't even come close to the money you can make in reselling, right? Unless you're at a really really top tier private school that pays a ton of money, which is, you know, even then it's not a lot. And the other thing is, yeah, I mean, ultimately like, you know, you gotta, you gotta come in with the, the perspective that no one cares. Now there are people that do care, right? That's another part we always talk. We're in the reselling community. We also have our own church community. We also have our group of friends, right? So it's always great to be a part of a community because that ends up being a bonus, right? If you take a perspective, I'm going to take care of this myself. I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. And then somebody else is able to come along and, Hey, here, I got this deal here or here's something here, you know, whatever they're able to help. That becomes a bonus. But I think it's great to take ownership and accountability and, and, 
And that's what recently allows you to do, right? To not be as dependent and allows other people to just be gracious towards you without you ever feeling like you needed to reach out to people. Now, it doesn't hurt to reach out to people. I mean, we're human. We're built to do that, right? But uh, I think that's great. I mean, I, I was I was kind of laughing and I, I, I think my laughter went in the wrong place when you're talking about like you hated the fact that you're at the thrift store. Da, da, da. But I was laughing because I'm like, hey, you got an option, right? You can you can fix this now. It's going to take, you know, some sales and and da, 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 da. But it, it's kind of like reselling is kind of an emergency fund if you do it right. You know what I mean? So that's good. I hope hopefully you get that window fixed soon. Yeah, I'm tired of. Tired of seeing it shattered. Is it like you have like a tarp on it or something right now? Yeah, a garbage garbage yeah, bag. It doesn't it doesn't feel good? I'm it sorry, look that's good. the worst. No, I, I I get it. Listen, it had to be the nice car and the most expensive window, but you know it's one of those things. Like I said, you can't control it, and you move on, and you you live your life, and you know maybe it's maybe it's a piece of inventory you have that breaks, or maybe it's really bad news you get right, like about something. I mean, there's so many tragic things that can happen in life, and so you know you just. You got to be in a place mentally where you can get through it and you can you can control what you can control. That's all you can do. And so, you know, like Orlando said, reselling is a great way to take some control, right? Because we're all grasping for control. And, you know, one of the things reselling does is it lets you say, I want to make a little bit more money. I could just hustle a little harder. And then sometimes you have things that block you from that, right? So then what do you do? You have to pivot. You got to learn, okay, I can't leave my house because maybe my car blew up right in the in the driveway and I can't drive it anymore. I can't source We'll jump on eBay and learn a new niche and do some online arbitrage, right? So there's things you can always do and reselling is a great way. Uh, and I think that's what really separates the the real hustlers from the people who try this for a couple of weeks and then, and then step away is the people who are willing to just push through and do whatever it takes. Agreed. So, yep. Agreed. Cool. All right. What do you got for me? So I have one, I have to, I have to retract the statement I made a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> So I had talked about, and you know, I won't bring up her name, but she knows who she is. One of our, our awesome listeners that had given us a donation and had mentioned that we got people all the way from Czechoslovakia listening to us. Well, if this podcast was being recorded pre-1989, that would have worked. Mm. But we're not in the Cold War anymore. That's right. And so, I, you know, she, and she was gracious about it. She was very nice about it. But as a history guy... That's a complete fail. Can't believe you did that. Man. That's a complete. Maybe fail. it's because you're a history guy. Like your mind was thinking of, <laughs> you know, you probably read Czech. I forgot Bank about Prague Spring the Czech Republic, right? Yeah. So, so just to just to wanted to reinforce the idea that it is no longer Czechoslovakia after the Velvet Revolution, and you had the pre Prague Spring years before. It it separated, and now it, you have Slovakia and you have the Czech Republic, and hopefully I did not mess that up, but. I went to the faithful resource of Wikipedia to validate what I already knew and just wanted to clarify it is a Czech Republic. Now, there is a controversy whether it's Czech Republic or Czechia. Oh, I'm going to mess it up. Whether it's Czech, it's the Czech Republic or Czechia. C-Z-E-C-H-I-A. Anyways, it is no longer Czechoslovakia. It is the Czech Republic. So thank you so much for being kind and DMing me and letting me know. So anyways. Yeah. I have another retraction later on too. Oh man. But it's not it's not bad. You know, I'm it's proud good. of you, Orlando, for being, you know, for normally he's such a, a stubborn guy. I am. And, and I, I say this in love. Sometimes people give me a hard time for being mean to you, but uh people think we're like not friends just for the podcast. <laughs> we hate but, each other. But we always we're always like this. Um 
So, you know, normally like somebody would tell you you're wrong and you might be like, yeah, you might be right. Maybe you call it the Czech Republic, you know, but you know, some people say that. <laughs> that does happen. That's true. That is true. I do do that sometimes. So, all right. So here's, here's my random story. And it's kind of, I'm not trying to get political or anything here. So Mike's already, you know, he's like, what are you going to talk about? Along? So when I was sourcing in the Midwest, the most hardcore places about masks and sanitizing were the thrift stores. It was so like, so strange because like I went to Texas Roadhouse, I went to a Mexican restaurant, I went to places, no one cared. Like no one, like, yeah, the employees had to be masked. Everybody had to be sanitized, but it didn't matter. Man, I was at a store that shall not be named. Now I had a lot of great sourcing opportunities. I'll talk about that here in a moment. And it was just, it was brutal. Like the moment I walked in, I was given like a five minute lecture. Like here's, please use that sanitizer right now. And I was like, all right, sanitize my hands. Your mask must be kept on at all times. No, you can't grab that cart, only this one. And it was like super intense. And I'm not sure why, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people thinking because it's a thrift store that there's more chances of COVID spreading. I, I don't know. But then they like, I was thrifting with my friend and they got after like my, my friend's daughter, who's like four, like she needs her mask on. And I'm like, what? What what's going on here? And then my friend who's a nurse was pretty upset at this because you know she she wears a mask every day all day. And she's like, listen, she's four, she took it off, not a big deal. And then they just every they just they laid into my and actually my my friend's gonna file a, a formal complaint uh because she knows some of the management team out there. But I was like this is, this is, this was, this was interesting. Now that is not my random story, but I'm like, Hey, if you're going to be sourcing, you know, anywhere where there's thrift stores and they have, you know, certain things in place, I definitely would make sure you hundred percent respect it because you don't know, always respect away. the rules. Here's, here's Orlando's, always respect uh, the rules. <laughs> here's Orlando's, uh, uh, random story today. All right. Let me tell you this. He tells a story. That's not my random story. But let me tell you this. He tells you something else. Well, I was That's kinda, not my random story. Right. Well, I was kind of shocked because I was like, of all places, like, it's. I, I'm not going to get into the science of it, but I hardly ever was closer than six feet to anybody in the entire store. I mean, this was a big thrift store. Like, I, I the closest I ever got was when I went to the register and pay. And maybe I was, you know, 4.5 feet away from someone, right? But I had my mask and they also had the big plexiglass in front of them. And I will tell you, it definitely has changed sourcing, right? You talk about the store that you went to. I've been there. I was like, I think I was 45 minutes early to that store. And I was still like the, I think 16th person to walk in, but it, it did make it nice though. Right. Less crowded. Yep. Right. And people now people are still not respective of space at this sort of store though. Right. I still, I'm looking at stuff. And I got people like reaching over me, grabbing them. I'm like, bro, like COVID's real. Like, don't do this. Like, I, you know, I, I don't want what you want. Not what you want, what you got. But that's saying he did. Anyways, all right, here's my, here's my story. So here's the craziness. So there's a lot of items in California that I just can't find. A lot of them, like Danner boots. I can't think of the last time I came across it. When's the last time you saw a pair of Danner boots? I don't know. Right? It's been yeah, over a year. For, probably, for sure. It's been a long time. Now, that could be because the store shall not be named is pulling it and putting it on shop goodwill. Don't know. That could be because maybe people aren't just donating it. I, I don't know what it is. So I go sourcing and it's like 
this is this is a weird world. Like I am finding all this stuff that I can't find in California in Wisconsin. So it's interesting. I found a Givenchy uh hat. I don't know if you know what Givenchy is, but it's like one of the higher end brands that all these influencers wear and so on. And and if it's a legitimate hat, right? I pay three dollars for it. If it's a legitimate, it'll sell for I think two to three hundred dollars. Wow. Right. That's nice. Now, is it legitimate? Don't know. Why did I find this? in the middle of Wisconsin and not in a thrift store in San Diego or Los Angeles. Don't know. Like that was kind of weird Kind of weird. Then I go to this one store and I find this pair of red wing boots. Now I, I can't find red wing boots at all at thrift stores anymore. It's very rare for me to find anything. I go, I paid 40 bucks, but retails two fifty. So I'm guessing I'm probably going to get between at least at the very low end, a hundred bucks. I'm going to list it for 200. I'm hoping to get one fifty. So then I leave that store and I'm like, what are the odds? Maybe I'll end up with Red Wing boots at the next store. Go to the next store, pair of Red Wing boots. Nice. And a pair of Danner boots. So I'm like, okay, so maybe I need to just make these trips. Like I'm planning literally this summer to maybe every week while my while my kids aren't with me because they're with their mom to just do these road trips. Because I'm telling you, I made so much money in that one week away that I was not set up for the summer, but I'm, I'm okay for the summer already. And that was one week. Now I know some of you that listen to, to us are like, don't come back here, Orlando. Just don't. Right. Because I, that would kind of bother me a little bit and maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but you know, everybody had equal access to the stuff I found. Right. It wasn't like I blocked off people, but I'm sure, I'm sure it must've been like, Oh, I just was at that store. How did Orlando find that? Right. Or, with the merchant fulfilled, like, what is that item? Where do you get it? But so what I did is I literally called for that merchant fulfilled item. I think I called 15 states and I called all those stores. I'm like, do you have this item? Do you have I literally was planning buying f- plane tickets to fly out there, source this item, sell as many as I can, as many as I could, can, could, whatever works, and then fly back the next day. I still might do that. I'm still looking. The only problem is this item that I was selling out on is nowhere in the lower 50 states. Now, there's one of you that lives in a, a state up north that this is available. So, But don't contact me because I can't tell you because then it's unfair to all the other people that are going to contact me. But I, I'm thinking I'm going to be doing a lot of more out-of-state sourcing. I mean, that's part of why we're doing a road trip. I mean, I get to see family, which is going to be nice. Um, and that's really... That's really the reason we're going is to be able to see family. Um, but <laughs> the real reason, wink. Yeah, no, I mean, it, <laughs> I know it I'm is, messing but, around. Uh, the reason we decided that we were going to drive and the reason we bought a trailer is because we know that out of state, I mean, it's not even so much that out of state has better stuff, it's just different inventory, yeah. right? Like different types true, of inventory. True. I mean, in fact, there's probably some people, you know, in the Midwest who are looking for certain items, certain brands, and they just never see it where they're at. And they could come to San Diego and find them all the time. And maybe we just don't pick those up because, you know, they're a dime a dozen. They don't, we don't really think about them. So it really just depends on where you're at and what type of inventory is, is good for you. So, um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's a good idea, the idea of traveling. In fact, um, we're kind of considering, um, we have kind of a couple options. We're thinking, okay, should we buy a, a big 40 foot Connex to put on the property we're on <laughs> nice. to use as storage for like our, our eBay stuff? Um, and then I was looking at that. I'm thinking, okay, but if I, if I move, which at some point I'm sure I'm going to move, 
like, how am I going to get rid of this? You know, however many tons of a conics building is right. Yeah. Like they're huge. How am I going to get rid of this thing? It's going to be a nightmare. So the other option I'm thinking is I'm considering getting another trailer, right? Like we have, my wife has a, a Instagram account we call trailer and treasures, which is basically like, you know, like the fact that we moved into a fifth wheel, but now we own the fifth wheel. And we own our little, you know, four by six trailer that we're going to use for road trips. And we're considering buying an eight foot by 20 foot trailer to be our eBay store. Like we could store a bunch of our stuff in. And then if we ever needed to move and like, you know, go across country, we could literally take eBay with us, you know, just in a trailer. So, I mean, it's obviously not as big as a 40 foot Conics, but no, you can get a lot of totes and and shelving units in in an eight by 20. No, there are people, there are people that do that. Like they'll... They literally, I mean, we, we, son of a son of a seller has yeah. all his stuff with him all the time, you know? So, and by the way, we may have a, a, we might bring him back for just a special announcement at some point in time. So anyways, I haven't talked to you about that. Probably should talk to you about off the air. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. You that, think? That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Okay. All right. So anyways, saying all that now, again, you do what you feel is safe because we're still in this time that we don't know, right? We don't know. We don't know about COVID. We don't know. Is there going to be second wave? Are things calming down? Who knows, right? What I do find is I can Google whatever news story I want to feel better about reading. Kind of where we're at right now. Itching ears, man. You can get whatever you want. It is so true. All right. So that's our random stories. Are you ready for this current topic segment? Before we go there, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce Cast on Twitter. Thank you for... Our Twitter following uh, it keeps growing. We drop and we oh, we drop. I don't. I wonder what posts I'm like losing. We're losing people on, right? Because we've been at like 870 probably for I think like two months, right? So I don't know what's going on there. Hey, if you ever want to give us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. You can also shoot us an email. Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to the podcast and you want to watch the podcast, we are on YouTube, a Podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe and hit that bell notification. Bing! And as always, grateful for all of you. Grateful we're, st- we're still getting donations during this time, and we are so grateful for that. And we're getting reviews. So if I can download my uh, podcast app, um, we're going to read a couple of the reviews. Yeah, reviews are huge. I mean, if you could just make your way over to um, iTunes and, and leave us a, a podcast review, that's one of the number one ways that we can get our name out there. That is the algorithm for podcasts, right? So if you can get there, I mean, your word of mouth is is the number one. That's key. Telling your friends, telling people on social media. Uh, but one way that people, when they're just you know, organically looking for podcasts to listen to. They're not going to find us if we don't have enough reviews, if, if people aren't saying good stuff about us, which everybody has said great things. So if you want to take the time, you don't even have to type anything, but just those stars, it means a lot. It, it helps push us up on the, the algorithm and and helps get, you know, the word of what we're doing out a little bit more. So we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. And so you're not intimidated to write something because it is, it is good free to write just so people can resonate because, you know, Everybody has different reasons, right? Some people like, I guess they call us a variety show, right? Some people like that we talk about reselling. Some people like our level up reviews. They might like my upcoming fitness section segment that we're going to start. Are we doing that? Okay. All right. I'll talk to you off off the air. (laughs) Okay, there we go. All right, let's read this real quick. Uh, This comes from Tamantha's Hits. She said, Orlando and Mike are incredible hosts that transparently share their knowledge and insights. Very helpful, entertaining, and informational. Genuine guys that want to help the other community. I'm a big fan. Well, thank you, Samantha. Thank you. That means a lot. I'm a big fan of you. That I was am. awesome. You are a hit, Samantha. Okay. <laughs> All right. Our, our next one. Uh, this one kind of cracked me up because, you know, 
we always fumble around with our words. So this person has no need to worry. So this comes from Mares VS. It's M-A-I-R-V-S. He said, the podcast is getting better and better. And they said, I was hesitant to write a review because I didn't want my grammar to be judged by two educators. And we're the last one. I, you know, history people misspell things all the time. But this podcast is getting better every time I listen to it. Thanks for all the knowledge. I feel I learned something new in each episode. I never miss an episode. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Now, <laughs> I appreciate everybody. I appreciate the the ones from episodes one and two. We always go to those. Actually, somebody the other day uh, on the podcast goes, hey, I didn't listen to you guys for a little bit. I came back and wow, you guys are better. I'm like, oh, thanks. I don't know. I don't know how to take that. Like, yeah, well, I mean, we were bad. Let's, I mean, that's, let's be real. But that's life, right? Like, isn't that what we all want to be doing? Like, we should all be able to look back at what we were doing five years ago, two years ago, six months ago and say like, man, I've improved. You know, that's kind of like my the philosophy yeah, yeah. I have. Like, you should always be able to look back and say, like, I'm better today than I was yesterday. And maybe it's not like every single day, but like that's kind of the goal is you should be, you know, you're striving to get a little bit better, a little bit better. And over time that that compounds and it really ends up adding up to to being, you know, a lot better. And and that could be applied to your reselling, that can be applied to whatever business you're running, that can be applied to your relationships with your family. You know, you're just striving for a little bit better. So I have no shame about the fact that uh, we weren't what we are today two or three years ago. Two, two, two or three years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. No, two years ago, but yeah. Is it two? Yeah. yeah two I was thinking because this is my third summer, but our second, like 365. It throws us off. And then eBay opened somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, that might happen again. Maybe not. All right. Hey, anyways, it's time for our reseller topic. So let's cue the sound. So eBay opening, maybe happening, is not news to talk about. But we do have some news to talk about with eBay. So oh, there, there's listen plenty. in to the breaking, crazy, already old news. Take it away, Orlando. All right. So <laughs> take it away, Orlando. So I feel like I should have a news van behind me right now. All right. So what we're going to talk about, we're just going to break the can open, break the lid, break the jar open. What, what is the, I don't the know, idiom a lot right of phrases. there? Okay. Anyways. We could let the cat out of the bag. Get the cat out of the bag. We could spill the beans. There you go. We can open up a can of, of kick butt. I don't know. There's a lot of... <laughs> I don't know if that falls in there. Okay. But so if we wanted to be like pundits, like reseller pundits, we could be reseller pundits for the next hour with this next one. Yeah. We're not going to do that though. No. We're, we're going to try to limit it. But part of it is because like I already said, it's, it's kind of already old news. But yeah, it'd be hey, nice to put our, 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 our uh, take on it. No, true, true. But, it, but it's not because it's so... Here's the thing. This will become a movie one day. No. It might become a Hallmark movie if Hallmark goes yeah, to the dark side. Or, it, no, this is the makings of a movie. Now, see, but every, that's the thing I was going to talk about. I mean, if you don't know, we're talking about the, the crazy eBay scandal that just came out. We'll talk in more detail about it. But the reality is, and this is crazy, and we'll talk about it in a little bit more you detail. Keep saying that. But um, the reality is, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It could be the most niche industry, right? Like it could be, I mean, my wife was in the the running world where she helped put on marathons and stuff, right? And so she was in the the sector of that, which was the, what are they called? The, uh, you'd go to the convention center, right? And you'd be able to pick up your packet and there'd be booths and all that stuff. So an expo. And so there would be drama and it'd be like, can you believe that this company did this thing? And it was so shit. And like, shady and there's like all kinds of things that can happen in every industry so yeah i think in the reselling world this is like can you believe it but i'd imagine if you were to tell this to like people outside they might be like man that's that's bizarre and then they move on yes and no 
And, and I think because of everything that's going on, this isn't in the news cycle. I don't think it'd be in the news cycle anyway. I don't I think know, it, man. I think it would show up on like one. The stuff that went down here, like here's the thing. I say this smiling and I say this laughing. This is serious stuff. Like if if this was happening to me, I'd, I'd be pretty concerned. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty bad. Now, it took me back to this Albert Einstein quote. We haven't done a quote of the week, but I'm going to drop one right now. Oh, man. All right. So Albert Einstein at one time said, it is easier to denature plutonium than to denature the evil spirit of man. Mm. And it's true because we do not know the depths of evil that man can bring. I mean, we've, we've seen glimpses of it. From we have. People, and it's obvious. And, but, uh, and actually, I took a, and this is nowhere near close to this, but I did take a genocide class in college. It was for my master's degree. It was genocide. And, and every, every week we studied a genocide. And I know, right? I thought the same thing. It was probably one of the most eye-opening classes I'd ever taken. And we had read this book uh, called Becoming Evil. And I was basically trying to, I, I know I'm going on a ma major tangent, but it talked about how do people get to the place that they're able to commit such acts, right? And, you know, basically the author was discussing the idea that this can be anyone. And the reason we struggle so much at just saying that anyone can do this because it reflects our own, our own morality, our own, our own humanity. Right. And it's, it's kind of the, the, the deal here. Like this, I can sit here and, and I am going to sit here in judgment because what was done was bad and it was evil and it was wrong. But at the same time, I have been in scenarios, not that I ever did anything, but I've been in scenarios and organizations that I know people could have gone down this road, right? And somebody in the room said, that is crazy. What, where did this come from? And the discussion's over, right? So... <laughs> I say all that because I'm looking. Mike's like, where are you going with this, Orlando? Because what happened here is, like I said, this could be this is movie material. It's so out of left field to me. Maybe we just start off by like briefly explaining what we're talking about because <laughs> we some let of in our too listeners, much. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about a lot of stuff, but we haven't actually said what happened at all. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So, if you have not been on social media. Or seen this on the news or anything. So there are executives at eBay back in September that and now they're being charged with. Uh, I let me read the exact. The charges are conspiracy to commit cyber stalking and conspiracy to commit witness tampering in violation of whatever penal code. So basically, what happened? There are these execs, and they went after a blog. I don't know if you ever read e-commerce bites. Have it. Right. Uh -huh. So e-commerce bites, I always, I, I never say it directly, but if you ever want to go to a place where you want to find everything that's wrong with like eBay or reselling, like chances are you're going to find it, or at least you're going to find it in the comments. Right. And they do, they do have some great reporting. I go there sometimes and I'm like, huh, I'm glad I came across this because I wouldn't have known about this. Right. And they, they do have, you know, they definitely know the temperature as far as like of what's going on eBay uh, I don't know if they talk too much about Amazon, but as far as e-commerce and so on, they provide some good info. But what we've always talked about forums, and I'm really careful because now we're going to get slammed maybe on social media or whatever, is that there's a lot of trolling that goes on, right? And if you want to find negative news about eBay, man, this is one of the places. Like you can you can go and you can read the comment that's, and it's some of it's vicious, 
Like, I'm like, whoa, like, hold on, man. Like, hey, you know what? Just don't resell anymore. Like, it's okay. So what happened, here's some of the things that happened. So this group of execs, they wanted to do something about this because there's a lot of negative reporting that was happening. So supposedly, supposedly, there's several texts that went back and forth. There's executive two and executive one. Don't know who executive two is. Executive one, some people are theorizing that it was Devin Wenig. Now, before, so we still don't know who executive one is. We don't, but it's it's a high probability is very high that it's him. Right. right? Now, Devin Wenig did put out a statement. He said, on Monday, I read, now he's not with eBay anymore, right? He left eBay a while back. He said, on Monday, I read the charges along with everyone else and was shocked and outraged. Wenig told Recode in a statement, it is important for me to reiterate and an, an independent investigation confirmed that I had nothing to do with no knowledge of the activities alleged to have occurred. There was no direction, no knowledge, no private understanding, no tacit approval ever. Right. And, and, you know, Wenig is like on the board of GM right now too. And people are talking about like, oh man, did you guys know, you know, da, da, da. So all this happened while he was employed at eBay. Now he directly had nothing to do with it. Because some people, some other YouTubers are speculating it. It's possible that he knew. Here's what I'll say. So I've been, let's say I was executive number two. I've been that guy at, at certain corporate corporations or in education. And there's a lot of things I did that I didn't tell my boss about because I, I wanted my boss to be able to have plausible deniability. Like if ever it came up to him, he could say, I had nothing to do with it. Not, not that I did anything shady, but maybe something that not everybody would be a fan of, right? I'd rather have the heat fall on me than to fall on my boss. I always felt that was like my responsibility. Now, these individuals, I think, may have taken it. No, no, they did take it to the next level. Okay, so again, can we give like a brief, like, I know we're going like, in, right. like, like through the whole thing, like what happened, but just like if we could say in like two sentences what happened. Okay, so with the, so with the editors, they basically, it was continual harassment of these individuals. Okay. Like at next level. So let me, you want to read okay, something so about it? Just like to be specific though, so the individual, so there's a website, mm -hmm. the website has news about reselling stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. The website posted things that eBay executives didn't like. The eBay executives wanted to impact or negatively impact this website. And a slew of incidents followed because of that. Right? Correct. Is that a good way of saying Correct. it? Correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It was basically, to me, it's bullying. Okay. It was intimidation to the next level. Okay. So, so the claims of what's happening here is that eBay executives or people who worked at eBay were bullying this blog because they said stuff about eBay. Correct. All right. Cool. Now... Cause like, I only I've only heard bits and pieces of this, so I just want to make sure okay. people who are like coming in on this. I'm sorry like, if actually, I was confusing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I guess executive one at one point said, you know, executive two told executive one we're going to crush this lady, and at one point executive one in a text said, "Take her down." Now, what the other execs did with this information? That's what we don't uh, like. We don't know how far did exec one know about what exec two did after that. You know what I mean? All I know is that exec two and a bunch of other execs took it upon themselves to do the various acts. They said <laughs> they did. They've been accused of having, uh, they, they've been accused of several things. So within e-commerce bytes, I guess there was like a parody account. There's a bunch of whole fake names and it was on there just bashing eBay. One of them was, I guess, Fido master or something. And so at one time, they decided to go to the fence across the street from the editors of this blog and write on the fence, Fido Master. 
Okay, that was one of them. Then they they began to like show like different movies like Johnny Be Good or Body of Lies. Like they're sitting in a room talking about we should use this strategy to intimidate these people. And if you want to read more about this, you can read the criminal complaint. We'll actually put the link in our YouTube if you want to read it. There's several pages of this, so I'm not going to go through all of it. They also posted Craigslist ads, right? Like if you want to come party with, you know, us, come party with us. And it was like an adult themed ad. And they would put the address of. Yes. Of these people. Yeah. No, no, of the website of these people's houses. Right. That's what I mean. The people who worked at the website. Correct. And then they also would send uh, movies to the incorrect address with these individuals names. Now, these movies were like not pure hustle appropriate movies. Very inappropriate movies. (laughs) Very inappropriate. Now, here's the thing. I did not know that court filings can have screenshots. So if you go through the court filing, you can find screenshots of the text. You can find uh, screen. So here I'm looking at one screenshot of the text. There's also screenshots of other items that were being sent. There's a screenshot of even the movies that were being sent to these individuals. Like I didn't know this was possible in a court filing. So... For those of you that want to get, you know, get whatever information you can, it's available now. I mean, I've heard of people doing stuff like that. Like, like obviously, this is terrible when it's coming from like a big corporation against. I mean, really, you got to think about it like that. Like, it's it's two organizations going against each other, and they made it personal because they're going after this person's house, and 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 you know, I don't think eBay directly was doing it. No, 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 no. No, I mean, not even I think I know it wasn't eBay directly. No, but but it's still it's people at eBay in the interest of eBay. Which they thought was in the best interest of me. Right. Um, doing these things, um, which is, is clearly awful. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've heard of like personally people doing this kind of stuff, like putting on Craigslist, like selling somebody else's car and like selling it for super oh, yeah. cheap, and putting their address and, and their phone number of like their ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. And then they just get inundated with phone calls or people showing up for mm-hmm. the garage sale with all the free stuff or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, no, and this is real life. Like you hear it, but then you're like, did this actually happen? All right, here's another one. They also decided that they were going to send like a, a pig's fetus uh, to this person's door. And it's a preserved fetal pig. And so what they ended up sending, the package, they, they sent a package. The package contained a Halloween mask featuring a bloody pig face. It's like the godfather in the horse's head. You know what I mean? Like, this is, what is this? So did they actually send a pig fetus or did they send a, a, the mask, a mask? The bloody mask. Okay. So it's a I mask, think, though. Yeah, but that's worse than the pig fetus. Like pig fetus would have been like in a jar. Yeah, but that's a but it's a mask. It's not a real. It's a it's a rubber or plastic like Halloween mask. Okay. I mean, it's intimidation. It's awful. Oh, but I mean, it's bad. It's it's not. I mean, it's not like a, a, a horse's severed head and underneath a sheet, right? And then there are these private messages that were sent on Twitter that I can't even read for the sake of the podcast because we want to stay monetized. Then they sent stuff like this book, "Surviving the Loss of a Spouse." Ooh. Like, dude, like this is not okay. Like, was that like a threat or was that did this person actually lose their spouse? No, it was like- intimidation. Just intimidation. That's all it was. And then they actually joked around about like sending a Samoan gang after this this couple in Massachusetts. Now, a lot of people, Primetime Treasure Hunter has a whole hour and a half about this whole thing. So if you want a more detailed, you can go to him and watch it. He did he did a great job. But like you know, he had questioned why why Samoans, and it's because in the Bay Area has a large concentration of, of Samoan peoples. I had a lot of Samoan friends growing up, and I always understood like if I got jumped by a Samoan, like I don't fight them, I run. 
right? Because dude, dudes don't play like they're they're you know they're bigger dudes. So I'm like, what? And then they were going to set up a Samoan person as a person of interest behind all of this. Like this is how detailed. Like what were they thinking? We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code all in caps, Pure Hustle 25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, Pure Hustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so First of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your, your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. And it kind of just seems silly. I mean, honestly, if it's just I get the idea because corporations, they have to have, I mean, they have people, their entire job is company reputation, marketing, and making sure <laughs> like if, if people are posting stuff negatively about them, that they find ways to like, you know, get stuff taken down or, or that they can counter arguments that are being made. Like that's their job, right? Um, this though is like, that doesn't even seem effective. Like, like this seems like, um, like Tiger King status. Like I'm going to get yes. even with you. Like, yes. like there are ways to like, that's a great way to put it. Because it's exactly what it if, was. If you really wanted, like, because honestly, I'm just I'm thinking about this. Like, if some organization or some newsletter started and it was like just a, a hate Pure Hustle podcast and they were just saying mean stuff about Pure Hustle podcast all the time and they were lying. And because who, I don't know the situation, but I don't know if these people were lying about eBay or if eBay just didn't like that their truth was coming out. Like, I don't know. But 
you know, if, if somebody was doing that, like there are ways that you can com- combat that. I feel like above, above the whatever, like it, it's above, You'd be above reproach. Like, yeah. You could take it like you can handle it. So I'm looking at all this now. They had future plans of like sending chainsaws to these people, sending feces to these individuals. Like then they eventually put a GPS tracker on a vehicle. Like, so <laughs> this is like, if you read the report, you, this is what I'm saying. This is movie material. Like this is so unreal that it's real. Now the question though is how much of this is, is, is real? Like, has this been like settled in court or is this just the complaint? Well, this is, this is, this is federal. This is FBI. This is their, their, this is their report. This okay. is what they're charging them with. Wow. I mean, and there's screenshots like they wouldn't use fake usernames to go after these people like on Twitter and so on that involve like pigs and, and schools and like, I mean, it's like, I feel like it's a bunch of adults playing like kids. No, exactly. Like this is something that was like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if, wait, let's, let's do this. And then it just kept snowballing and snowballing and so, cause they're talking about, I'm sorry, I'm getting crazy about this because then there's this one story in there that they, uh, they decided to uh, order a, order a whole bunch of food with uh, fake gift cards or whatever. I forget what it was. And they're like, well, what if the surveillance camera at Safeway captures us? We're like, hey, but if we have somebody in the inside, we can maybe use a different tape or something. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's good. That's what I mean. Like, this seems like they're they've watched too many spy movies or too many like, you know, these are adults, my friend. Too many, adults. Too many, too many mafia movies. Yeah, because when I was like a kid, when I was like elementary school, junior high, had a rivalry with this this other house. And there was one time they came over and they dumped a bunch of trash into my yard. So I had to pick it up. So then I went over to their house in the middle of the night and I turned off all their breakers, their house, all their power went out. And like, like that's the kind of stuff that like you do when you're a little kid and it's like, I'm going to get even, I'm going to put poop on the, on the, the driveway and like, ha ha ha. Like when you're an adult and you're doing that kind of stuff, like, I mean, I know there's internet trolls that live for this stuff, but it just seems so petty. Like if you're an organization and again, I know it's not eBay, but it's, it's people who are high enough up in eBay that they're they're doing this for the sake of eBay, um, yeah. For it's like why would eBay. why would you do that? Like, if somebody's got a troll account, one don't feed the trolls, and maybe they weren't actually trolling eBay. Like, I don't know, but it just seems silly. Like all of this stuff. I mean, the fact that it happened, it is ridiculous. Um, but it's just it, it's more ridiculous that these are like adults in high paying jobs. Well, they even they even try to hide like their language, like in these fake accounts. It's like. 20 years of lies and destroying families, like destroying spelled D-I-S-T-R-O-I-N. Don't be proud of that, you worthless, whatever. I will destroy your family and business too. See how you like it. What is this? Like, what is going on? Like, so we'll put the link. So here, here's, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Mike. Like this, this uh, to be real, this is terrible. Like I, I feel terrible. No matter what these individuals roll, which seem I've I've read e-commerce bites. Yeah. Is it is it flattering to eBay? No, not in any sense of the word. I think worse are the messages below it. I think that there's been all but it's like us. If people put terrible messages on the bottom of our YouTube, like we're not in control of that. Now, we we are a smaller channel, so we can maybe have more. But if let's say we were a big channel and we had thousands of comments, like only so much we can control, right? And we're also big believers in free speech. But uh, yeah, and again, I want to say this is all alleged, right? No one's been found guilty yet, but it's it's pretty it's pretty condemning uh, evidence. Like if you go through this, I mean, I never, I keep saying this, I never thought you could have like screenshots of stuff on here. Hey, this is a good, I think, 
I, I don't know if we have very many people listening who are like young, 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 like high school, just at a high school age. We <laughs> make it um, a lesson. But um, or, or if you've got young kids, teenagers, one thing that if you're a parent, and you got teenagers, you might not realize is really going on big time is every kid has multiple, multiple social media accounts. They've got their real account their parents mm -hmm. know about. And then they have ghost accounts that only their friends know, know about. And then they have accounts that that are fake accounts that they can get into other people's ghost accounts so that they can bully. The, like there's so much like cyber bullying or like sneaky stuff that happens on social media. Like it is a real thing. Like it's pretty vicious out there. But again, it just reminds me one, it seems like something kids would do. But then the fact that all of these people created fake accounts, right? Like they made a fake account on this website or they made a fake social media account so that they can basically troll back and the FBI was able to find out this is you based off your IP address, based off of, you know, other text messages. So you can think that you can get away with something by like, I'm going to make a fake account. No one will ever be able to know it's me. Here's the best tip and advice you can take from this. Don't do terrible things. And if you do terrible things, don't think you can get away with it because you made a fake account. Like if you are, if you are sued or you are charged or prosecuted for something, they will find out. Like it just seems childish to me that, 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 high up executives could think that they could just make a fake account. It's like, oh, maybe we get a burner phone and we send the text through that. Well, like, no, they did that. On. They said, don't use your home computer. Don't use your cell phone. They were using WhatsApp. Like, they're, they're uh, different ways. And actually, you know, if you look at footnotes, it says, records obtained from Apple show da-da-da-da. Right? And so, yeah, there, there's no there's no deleting stuff. I mean, it's I mean, they were using fake VPNs. I mean, it was the gambit that they were trying to do. So where do we go with all this as sellers, right? A lot of, outside of the salacious nature of it. And it's like, you know, there's, there's a curiosity about it that did this really happen? I would say <laughs> that it doesn't. I mean, as resellers on eBay, like this is, this happened way back. It's a terrible thing that happened. It's horrible. I think there's lessons for us as, as humans in, in interacting society of people that, where we can be really divisive and we can really take things to the next level instead of just trying to communicate with each other in an open community without resorting to all the craziness that these people did. You see the Chrysler ads? Like everything's on here. Yeah. Everything's on here. That's crazy. Yeah, I would say like for uh, a reseller, honestly, keep it business as usual. Use eBay. They're going to, the people who are responsible for this are going to be taken down. I mean, that's a big thing about businesses anyways. There might be, there's going to be corruptions at different levels of every single business. And those people end up, you know, usually in their lifetime taking the consequences for it. Not always, but a lot of times. And you just got to keep selling. Like, I honestly think, and I know if you're a reseller and you're into, if, if half of your social media people that you follow are also resellers and you're reading reselling stuff and you talk about eBay all the time, yeah, you're going to see this news and it's going to be a big deal. And it's a big deal. But I would say 99% of the population who's just buying on eBay are never even going to hear Agreed. about it. Agreed. That's, that's what I was trying to... You said it more eloquently than I could have said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. they're never going to hear about it. And it's not going to affect your sales. I would. It would take something much bigger. It would have to take something that actually affected the buyers for, I think, for them to, to, to look at it and say, like, I want off this platform, right? Like if, if eBay was, you know, every buyer that sent stuff, if they were like capturing their passwords for other websites and then you selling that info. Like if, if, if it was like a big scandal like that, those impacting a bunch of people, I think we, you would have something to worry about as an eBay seller. But something like this, I think, I think we look at it, we say, man, I can't believe eBay did that. Or, and again, I'm not saying eBay did that, but I can't believe there were individuals at eBay who did this. They're going to lose their jobs. They're going to lose their reputation. They're going to, 
you know, be gone. And already Devin Winnick's gone. So whether or not he had a, a, a role in this, like he's not there. We've got new people there and you can't hold them accountable uh, for, you know, what they weren't there for. And we just move on. Yeah. And actually, I, 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 the, the people that are there right now are awesome. Like, and I thought Devin was great too. I mean, we had small interactions with him. What the thing is, we we don't know, right? We we don't know the whole story, right? We do know the story that's been presented to us that you guys can all read below on the link. But outside of that, yeah, like Mike said, business as usual, right? Keep listening. People are still looking for goods. People are. I mean, think about how many scandals Amazon has had in the last like three months. Not craziness like this, but you go from coronavirus to you know not being able to, uh, you know bring people's wages up in certain locations to, you know, controversy about what people are doing. I mean, there, there's so, there's so much out there, but people are still buying on Amazon, right? Yeah. And I'm sure you can go online right now and type in any business and then write the word scandal after it. And you'll find some stuff, right? Like oh, great. McDonald's scandal, Costco scandal, Walmart scandal. And you're going to find like some crazy stories. You're like what people did, what the, the manager did, what there, the execs did. And there's going to be crazy stuff. And honestly, it doesn't really affect business. So for better or worse, that's the way our society works. Like a lot of times, you know, cruddy things happen. And hopefully the people who are responsible for those things get hurt. Um, you know, whether it's like the reputation or their finances, like they, they, they are, they pay the punishment. Uh, they receive the punishment for what they did. Um, and then the business as a whole isn't hurt because there's other people's livelihood in, at stake that had nothing to do with it, right? So um, I, I honestly don't think most people are going to to know about this. And you might mention this in a story. This might just be a conversation started like five years down the road. Like, did you hear about the pig mask that somebody sent to, Jeez. you know, and then that'd just be fun to talk about. And again, I feel terrible for the people this happened to. Nobody, I mean, that kind of harassment is, that's awful. I mean, It's I, inexcusable. Yeah. It's, I, it, it's just evil. It's evil. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's like, Tiger King. Like, that's kind of the way I, I, I see it. Like, this is like, you really watch stuff like that. And the reason why that show is so crazy and interesting is because you watch it like, people do this kind of stuff. I mean, maybe this will be a Netflix, Netflix uh, documentary. Maybe. I, 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 I see don't know it. if the feud got that crazy. I, dude, the stuff that went down, just, just read the criminal. I uh, just read the, the whole filing. It's, it's next. It's unbelievable. Maybe we should produce the, uh, the series. Okay. Hey, hey, you know what? There we go. We're branching out. You, you could play uh, Devin, and uh, I'll be the I'll be the. the if other. it's Devin, the thing is, we can't confirm it's Devin. There's speculation that it's Devin. So, <laughs> I would only have one part in it. Help though. us, help us cast the uh, the yeah. roles here for for the show. There you go. All right. All right. Next topic. Okay. eBay Traffic Month. So this, if you haven't been on the eBay Seller Community Forum, which a lot of us aren't. But uh, eBay is pushing this traffic month thing. And so it's it's a really good thing. So here's what I got to retract. So I don't know if two updates ago, I was saying like, why doesn't eBay have social media ads? Why did I? Actually, they've been all over the place lately. Nice. So eBay, a lot of people are like, maybe they listen to you guys. I'm like, yeah, they listen to us. Yeah. That's right. As long as they're not in the back room oh. going, Pure Soul Podcast, you hear how they're talking crud about the way we Take do our them marketing. Down. Take these people down. We're but getting the, stuff but, in our mailboxes. But we did have somebody at eBay that did tell us we're always watching. You remember? And now that's a little bit more ominous. Well, but it's but you know why? Here's the oh we okay. Let's rewind a little bit. The report does say that eBay monitored this blog closely, and I'm like, oh for sure they've got to. If you're a business, you've got to. No, nah, but when I I don't know when I was in education, like we checked what other competitors did, but we always focused on what we could do better. 
Right? I didn't, you can't worry about the noise. You can't worry about the noise. Yeah, but if if the if the noise isn't just a competitor, but it's literally uh, intending to take you down, you monitor. Yeah, but that. they're not. They weren't intending to take down. They just they just had negative stuff to write. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that. that if you're a big organization, you've let got us a know your thoughts team. on all this. By the way, yeah, down in the you comments, you've got to have a marketing team that protects your reputation because, yeah, you got to prevent slander. You've got to make sure yeah. that you know. No, I yeah. agree. I just, to me, it's anyways. All right, so back to eBay traffic. So eBay ads all over the place, even on our own YouTube. Like I've seen eBay ads show up before, so it's been great. And on social media, it's been it's been pretty awesome. And I've seen it on TV too, which I always watch TV. I, I did. I watched TV. Why was I watching TV? I mean, if you're at a hotel, you know, TV. Was it? I think, yeah, it was at a hotel. Yeah, because I had to say, <laughs> that's true. That's the only time, which is kind of weird because it was only because I wanted to watch the news or something locally. And then I went back to my MacBook and I started watching Netflix. Back in 2008, when the economy was starting to crash, I remember I worked at DirecTV at the time and I remember having like legitimate conversations with people about and this kind of goes back to some previous episodes we had about, you know, um, you know, businesses and things changing. And but I, I had conversations with people about how confident I felt that TV was secure as a, as like a I'm like, honestly, the economy goes bad. It doesn't really? matter. I was like, it doesn't matter. I said, because people are going to give up going to the movies. People are going to give up eating food. People are going to give up all of these other luxuries. Nobody's going to give up their TV. TV is going to be a part of everybody's life. It's recession proof. And now we're just like 10 years out from that. And it's like, who has TV? Yeah, right? Like true. there's some people who buy TV just so they can get like certain sports, you know, that's it. Almost everybody else now is on Netflix and Hulu and, you know, streaming other things. And it's like TV is crazy how like you can be so certain that something is secure. And that's why reselling is so great is because it gives you the ability to pivot and change. And, you know, there's no such thing as a, if COVID has taught us anything, there's no such thing as the safe and secure job. Agreed. Agreed. But all that to say, TV, there are ads on TV, but I'm glad it's on social media too. Now I, we did have, so Mike and I had the opportunity to be, to go and to the zoom call with some eBay execs today, uh, the seller events thing and some good info came out of it. Now I already knew about this, but they explained it well. So there's this thing called the eBay partner network, which I think would be really helpful to those of you that have social media presence, because there's a way that you can actually make a commission from eBay from an affiliate link. And you can also get your final value fees taken off. Ooh, do we have our affiliate link set up? Well, we would have to put our stores on there. Uh, I see. See, and we're not a big fans of doing that. I mean, maybe we will. I don't know. I just, I've always been adverse to that for multiple reasons, but uh, I don't know. You could maybe Mike. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So, and we have talked even about the Robinhood thing. Like, why don't we do the Robinhood thing? Yeah, sign up. If, you, if you're if you not using Robinhood yet, you need to. We got our link down below. Do we really? Link. Why not? Um, sign up using our link. You get a free stock. We get a Wait, free stock. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing why that. Why not? No. Okay. If it's there, it's because we decided to. If it's not, it's because we decided not to. Why would we decide not to? Uh, we'll, we'll talk off air. All right. We'll talk off air. Anyways. All right. So... Um, okay, back to wow, we are so many tangents. All right, eBay Partner Network. It was great because they explained it. So this is the way it works. So and you can find this all at the seller community forum. It's called the eBay Partner Network. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read the explanation to you. So you become part of the seller eBay partner network. So when you sign up, right, you can go and you get a link, like an affiliate link. And you set that up on whatever social media platform. If you're on Instagram, you know, through your link tree and your bio, if you do YouTube, 
if you do podcasts, wh- whatever way you can on any cl- any form of platform. So what happens is you put it on there. If your item sells, you get commission and you also get you also don't have to pay final value fees. If the person does not buy your items, but they go through the search and they buy items from, let's say, somebody else, you still get commission. So it's a normal. Feel. I think it's great. I think it's it's awesome, and maybe we'll do it. I don't know. I, I've always, I've always been a, a big fan of like you know, let's just let the podcast be the podcast, right? But who knows? But I think I think it's a great program, right? I think it incentivizes people more to push eBay, right? Because you don't you don't have that on Amazon, right? If I add, Amazon has affiliate links, but if I sell something on Amazon, I have to pay Amazon no matter what. But the eBay is saying, hey, if you put this link. You, and somebody buys your item, you have no final value fee and we're going to give you commission. So I'll give you an example real quick, just to explain it a lot better. This is from eBay directly. They say, say you're a part of the eBay partner network and you've got a Michael Jordan trading card listed for $500, which is perfect content for social media. You create a link to the listing in the eBay partner network dashboard and share it on your business Facebook page. A customer clicks the link and buys a card that same day. eBay partner network commissions are based on category and the commissions for trading cards is 4% or $20 in this case. For a non-store seller, your final value fee would be 10% or $50. On your eBay partner network invoice, you'll receive a credit for your $20 commission plus a $30 difference between your commission and the $50 final value fee, effectively zeroing out your final value fee. I think it's great. Oh, so it's not a commission and final value fee. It's it's the difference, basically negative, like zero final value fee. Correct, but you still get commission though. Like the commission makes up part of that reduction. Correct. So you, it's the way I understood what you just read is that the commission just makes up a piece of what ultimately makes you have a zero final value fee. You don't actually make money on top of it. But you still, but you still do because it could end up in the positive, right? Because if you get that twenty, you you'll receive a credit for your twenty dollar commission plus a thirty dollar difference between your commission and the final value fee. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's basically just no final value fee. Correct. Okay. My apologies. Should we just read? I wish we could edit the podcast right now. <laughs> like that was a fail on my part. No, it's good. All right. But We're either all way, figuring this out. No final value fee. That's all you get. Yeah. If you get anything from this podcast is if you do the eBay partner network, you have no final value fee. If somebody buys something from your store. Yeah. Okay. Or if they buy something from another store, you get a reduction based on the commission. Nice. Man, we I fumbled that one really bad. That's good, man. Okay, good. Hey, I'm just trying to bring info. All right. Uh they also talked about today about images again. We've all we, we've exhausted white backgrounds. If you're still wanting to debate about white backgrounds or not using them, just take it up with eBay. <laughs> eBay, I think, has pushed that like no tomorrow. They also push though close-ups. Close-ups are very important, which it's kind of common sense. And I thought this was interesting. So I've always had the question. On uh, item specifics, like if my if on my item specifics, I put male, I mean, if I put men or I put women, do I have to put that in my listing, right? Do you put that in your listings? Do you put like Doc Martens, men's, da 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 da, or do you just put you don't put that in your specific in your item title? I don't put it in my item title if it's in my specifics. Okay, so and that's the question I had because I had somebody at one point when we went to eBay Open say it's good to have it in your listings for Google search. Right. And so today on the seller event, I, I messaged them and I said, Hey, I'm just wondering, 
do you need to have it both in the title and in your item specifics? So the answer they gave me was, it's, you should always have in your item specifics. Whether you have in your title, it's up to you. But if people are searching through the search bar, they're going to find it better if it's in your title. All right. So I'm going to keep it there. There That's what they said. All right. Uh, and then, oh, this was interesting. New news on selling, sending offers. I thought this was interesting. So this is how people get chosen. Actually, I had somebody message me today, not today. Yeah. Today and yesterday and said, can you stop messaging, sending me offers? Huh? I was like, so I messaged them back. I'm like, uh, well, you should check your settings. I can't really control because I don't know who I'm sending stuff yeah. to. But from what they said is that in order for someone to be eligible, they're either a watcher it's in their cart, so it's either one or the other, or they heavy browse. That means that they looked at your item more than three times in 15 minutes. Yeah, if you're heavy browsing my item, you might as well just buy it. I mean, at that point, I feel like it's like you're already breathing on it and touching it and just get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Getting COVID on it. Yeah, just if you're going to be if you're going to be heavy browsing, you should be buying. Okay, but this is I'm going to this is a, this is a great tip, though. I can't tell you how many times lately like I'll, throughout the day, I'll refresh my notifications and I'll say send offers. Like I didn't have one like five minutes ago, but now I do. And I'll send it and it'll convert right away. So I really do believe like I used to do the whole, like I send offers late at night or early in the morning. I don't do that anymore. Whenever they pop up, I send because what it means is that person is heavy browsing. Yeah. And, and people lose interest quickly. Like it's amazing. Like I, I've kind of made myself, this is something I've done. Good piece of advice. Take it or leave it. I don't know. Whatever. It's just advice. Um, but if I really want something, I'm like, man, I really, really want, you know, this random item. This seems so cool. If I just had this in my collection, if I had this up on my shelf, it would look so cool. This is the new thing. I want it. When I'm really interested, I, I will spend yeah, money true. on it, right? But then it's like, all right, I really want this thing. If I still want it 10 days from now, if I still want it, I'll buy it. A lot of times you get to that point and you're like, meh, I've moved on, right? But if I had bought it right then, I would have had it. And then I've had buyer's remorse, right? Like, man, that was kind of a wasted 20 bucks. I didn't really need that thing. So yeah, people cool, right? Like people cool on items. They get to the point where it's like, man, I really want this hat. This hat would be so cool. And then like a couple days later, a couple hours later, they've thought about it. They've looked at other hats. They've, they've changed their mind. They've eaten some food, whatever the situation is. They've taken a nap. Now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, yeah, that has okay. Like I don't need it. So yeah, if you can get them right away, as soon as they're showing interest or as soon as they browse it or as soon as they've started watching it, that's when the, the, the emotions are still there. If you let it cool, you're going to, your chances of losing that sale go way up. Yeah. So definitely send those offers, especially now knowing that that's one of the criteria, I would send those offers right away. Cool. I like it. All right. So I wanted to speak on this for a moment. So a lot of you are brand new coming over from TikTok. You found us on TikTok and then you caught our podcast. And like with any social media platform, you have a lot of uninformed people that jump on because eventually they want to build their following and they want to sell you a course or they want you to go there affiliate links. Yeah. Right. Like we never done that. Yeah. So if you, if you, if, if you like this thing that I'm selling, click on this link and for only $199.99, I'll show you how to make six figures and get a Lambo in two weeks. Somebody commented. With no work. Did you watch my Instagram story when I was at the beach? Mm -mm. So there's, I did one where I was at a, I was, I was just at the beach. I'm like, let's record now. And people are like, Orlando, you've achieved guru status now. Because I had like the waves crashing in the back. And I'm like, yeah, this last week, it was kind of like passive income. Now, I didn't plan it that way. 
but it came across like I was going to sell a course. So I get it. Nice. No. Um, the reason I say this is I've seen a lot of these new TikTokers. I haven't seen on Instagram, but people are talking about Beanie Babies and they're talking about Black Diamond VHS. Yeah, man. Get it. Get it. And then like, I'm like, what? Like what? And, and I feel terrible because there's a lot of youngsters on there. Right. And they look like what? I can buy a Beanie Baby and I can sell it for $10,000. And some of the people have the audacity and they use logical fallacies to counter the arguments. And they're like, they'll, they'll say stuff like, yeah, what do your sales look like? What do you know? How long you've been reselling? I'm like, that's all a non-issue. Mm. Go to solds. If you don't see it in solds, it's not happening. And if you do see the 10K, the 20K, go to the account. Are these accounts that have, you know, 2000 feedback, 3000 feedback? Or are they just brand new accounts? Because it'll tell you it's scamming, it's money laundering, whatever it is. But be wary of information out there. Yeah, the data are available. You just have to look at it and it's at your fingertips. And don't don't fall for... I, I'm, I'm a... I default to being speculative. Like I default to like, eh, I'm not sure I agree with whatever I hear, right? I'm always like a little bit leery until I verify, right? And I think that's a good place to be. So yeah, Trust whenever you... Verify. Yeah. Whenever you see things, you know, just, just double check. Um, and yeah, I think it's good to say like probably 95% of our listeners are like, yeah, we know not to listen to those people. But if you're, all it takes is when you're just starting out, you know, and, and you, you hear something that's too good to be true, or, you know, maybe it was good information six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, doesn't mean it's good information now. So you've got to learn to do the research yourself. You've got to learn that, that you can make a lot of money reselling, but it is hard work. It, it is, is it is a grind. It is learning. It is making mistakes. It's learning from those mistakes. It's shipping. It's packing. It's sourcing. It's a lot. And it's not just, I could teach you in five minutes how to make a ton of money and it, you're never going to have to work for it, right? It's, it's harder than that. And anybody who tells you it's easy or they've got an easier way of doing it, you should be really, really leery. Yeah. And what... <laughs> One of the best examples. Now, there's one I could talk about right now, and I don't want to just because I'm trying to be kind about it. But man, the guy just does not know, did not know what he was talking about. There's one where somebody had their Amazon seller app, and they're like, Yeah, I'm going to go to the grocery store and scan this. He scans it, and you see it says restricted item. He's like, I can sell this and make $30. I'm like, Dude, no, no, you can't. First, you're restricted. Second, you got fees. Third, do you even know what that is? Like, it was just, it just it upset me because we know this is why all our content is 100% free because we want to be different. We know that there's a lot of people out there trying to take advantage of others who are in a bad economic situation. We don't ever want to be those people. Right. And we also know that there's a lot of legitimate resellers that have awesome courses that are able to help people level up. But, what irks me is these individuals that go on have no idea or they're brand new to reselling. They're like, yeah, I bought this for five and I sold it for 10. I'm like, yeah. And you made a dollar. So you spent 30 minutes to an hour of your time to make a dollar. Like just, just stop, just stop. Okay. Anyways, I don't think, I don't think I've been hardcore about this before. You're, you're angry. I, cause I care about Simmer people down over there. All right. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, this next one, Walmart surpassed eBay. Yep. Right? Thoughts? Yeah. Um, as far as online sales. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, honestly, not surprising. Um, I 
eBay is what it is. It is a it is a unique marketplace. It is not like a Walmart. It is not like an Amazon. It is like those in the sense that you can buy something online, but it's not like those in that it's not a like a a brick and mortar store just online. And so it's not surprising that a company like Walmart, which has way more capital, way more name recognition, way more everything, is going to be able to do well on the online marketplace. Um, but again, you're not going to Walmart to buy a used hat. You're not going to Walmart to buy, you know, a collectible something that's, you know, 20 years old. So it's just different. And I think that it's really easy to get kind of, you see just a headline like that, or you see something you go, oh man, what are the implications? And there may be implications to it. But again, I just got to think like these, this kind of apples to oranges. And so um, I usually don't let stuff like that either one, bother me or two, impact what I'm doing too much. Uh, but it is interesting, but to me, not surprising because yeah, Walmart Walmart is bigger than eBay for sure. Yeah, and there, and there's two takeaways I had from this too was I wasn't surprised, like you said. And the reason I'm not surprised is because even though Walmart, we talked about, I think in the um, past update, how they're partnering up and trying to do secondary goods. Like, I don't think Walmart's going to compete with eBay as far as secondary goods. I, I really don't because the bread and butter of Walmart is essentials. Right. It's all that stuff that you go and you buy. And that's why that's that's Amazon's world, too. Right. That's where Amazon makes most of their money. OK. And so I wasn't too worried about that. Like, I wasn't shocked by this. Like, and remember, I think Walmart, like, I think they lost two billion dollars or something trying to compete with Amazon. And actually, we've had some people DM us and saying, you know, they, their one day delivery through one track is actually pretty good. And I'm thinking of maybe trying to do some sales on Walmart. And I'm like, interesting. Like, that's good. Right. Yeah. And usually what happens with things like this, like we talked about this a couple of episodes ago with Walmart partnering with another, you know, platform. Um, usually with things like that, what would happen is <clears throat> in a lot of these scenarios, a company like Walmart buys majority stock. They own the majority stock, the the, the vast majority of the shares of another company. So let's just say um, what Stitch Fix, right? Maybe they buy Stitch Fix. Or maybe they buy Poshmark, right? Maybe they own 60% of Poshmark. Walmart does that. They might not even change the name of Poshmark to anything. They just keep a Poshmark. But the company, Walmart, owns that much of the company of, of Poshmark. They might implement, they might change, you know, okay, we want this person running this. We want to change this. Let's pour a little bit of money into your, your online program here. Let's change your app a little bit here. Let's do a new logo. They might change some things. But it doesn't really change anything. You're not really competing against Walmart. Walmart might help a company like Poshmark go up. But what's really happening is they own the shares there. So as Poshmark grows, Walmart's company makes money off of it, which helps the Walmart shares go up, which is really the point, right? So I wouldn't even look at the idea of Walmart going into the secondary market. It's not like Walmart's going to start its own thing. It's probably just going to buy other you know, secondary marketplaces, help them out which again, is not a bad thing if you're a reseller, right? If you're a reseller, that's going to do two things. One, it's going to improve another marketplace that's already there because more money and, and experience is going to be poured into it. So if you can jump on that platform, if you're already selling on that platform, it's good. And if you're on eBay, that might put a little fire under eBay of like, all right, we've been trying really hard to be like Amazon at certain things. And now we see some other companies coming in and trying to do really good at what we do really well. And that, that is very true. That, right. That's what's going on right and now. And so then it's they true. have to kind of say like, all right, now we need to step up our game. So instead of trying to change our model, let's make our model better. And so it's going to be good for anybody, right? Anytime big companies get involved, more money gets involved and people start to figure out what do the customers and the sellers really want. 
it's going to help everybody in the long run. Sometimes it's going to, you know, might <clears throat> there might be rough waters a little bit, but you know, rising tide. Yeah, and so that's good, that's good ending. Now the other thing is, let's not forget that the CEO of eBay right now, right, Jamie Ionon. Hopefully, I said his name right. Jamie, if I said it wrong, you're welcome to come on the podcast. Yeah. We could have a discussion about not just your name, but hopefully it'll meet you one day. Hopefully you'll do an eBay open. Uh, and he comes over from Walmart's e-commerce. He was the guy that I believe, if if we connect the dots, was orchestrating all this that was going on at Walmart that's led Walmart to be able to beat out eBay in e-commerce, right? And be more of a competitor to Amazon. So I'm encouraged by that news because that tells me that we have somebody that came over that understands what it took to go head to head with Amazon, even though Amazon's still, you know, the reigning supreme, whatever you want to say, but also understands the logistics and has a better idea of what eBay needs to do because he also was part of eBay back in the day. So I'm encouraged because I really think the CEO has a good idea of what it's going to take and whether eBay needs to be a competitor to Amazon which Mike and I, I think we're both agreed, doesn't need to be. I think eBay has its own. Now, we're not experts. We're not top CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. But, you know, see see it from the outside and go, listen, why doesn't eBay just do what it does really well, right? And just Im- improve it, right? Because in reality, in the last decade, there's only been a few major, you know, overhauls of eBay, right? Send offer promoted listings, even if you want to say that it's an overhaul, some of us would say it's a curse, right? But, uh, there, you know, removal of background. I mean, there's only been so many major things that have changed on eBay in the last decade. And so maybe, you know, this new CEO is going to take us to the next level. So we'll have to wait and see. All right. Just one more thing. And then we're going to, wow, this is, this is a long podcast. Long. Wrap it up. (laughs) We'll wrap it up here soon. All right. Hey, so, I sent a message to eBay today with the execs and I said, hey, by the way, are we going to end these promotions, right? The free listing promotions. And they said, you never know. Stay tuned. Smiley face. Not trying to jump the gun, but wouldn't it be nice? That reminds me of the Seinfeld episode. It's like, no, he gave me the wink in the gun. You know, <laughs> like you never so know. True. True, it's true. like, what does that mean? Well, you know, it's good. Like it's the wink in the gut, but it really doesn't mean anything. So. But I'd have to say eBay has to see that they've increased sales. They've brought a new bunch more sellers onto the platform, a ton of new buyers. And it's kept us all motivated to keep listing. Like I want to see the end of insertion fees. I do. I know there's other arguments against it, but I think having more sales and having an invoice that isn't swamped with a bunch of insertion fees has been really nice and kept me going. I need to source more and I need to list more. And if everybody all around is doing that, it's all for the better of eBay. So hopefully that smiley face was a sign of good things to come. Wink in the gun. There we go. We'll see what happens. All right, let's talk about, well, I think we're done with reseller topics. Yeah, reseller Thank topics. you for tuning in, by the way. Yeah, that was that was our news section, which was... You know, some pretty good breaking news, some groundbreaking journalism, if I do say so myself. But now we're moving on to the other amazing segment of our show, which is... Bolo. 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 What's your bolo? 
I, I, yeah. I'm gonna lip sync it right don't, now. Don't don't lip sync it. I didn't even try. It. I didn't so try. Cringe. I thought about it. Just I thought don't. about it. Just I don't do it. it. All right. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, what's your bolo? All right, my bolo is uh, audiobooks. Audiobooks, really? CD audiobooks. Yeah, so I'm really big on Audible. I love Audible. I think it's obviously the wave of the future. But in the same way that um, people still buy paperback books, which I prefer paperback books, I don't prefer audio like CDs or cassettes, obviously not cassettes, but like CDs over Audible. But I know a lot of people still do like the CDs in their car when they're driving. Um, some people don't like want an Audible subscription because there's that subscription aspect to Audible. Where it's like I still have 13 it. credits having used. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I, I spend my credits as soon as I get them. Uh, but some people, you know, like the idea of having to pay for a subscription for something they may or may not use that much and it's every month and I just want one book. And so I've found pretty consistently that audiobooks do really, really well. Audio CDs, like if you can get like an entire set, um, sometimes you get luckier at a thrift store and it's like, let's say Harry Potter, right? I'll just use that as an example because it's a little more popular. Um, there was a book series that I got like all four of them. It was like uh, the Blood Moon Tide or something. I don't know. Um, and so you pick those up and they do really well. Like the CDs usually typically sell pretty well. Um, if it's the CDs. Now, a lot of times you go on to, to eBay and you find that you can buy the MP3s. That's not the same, right? If you buy like the just an audio download or MP3 download, you can get those for really, really cheap. But if you actually get the physical copy CDs, a lot of people still want those for their cars, right? They want to be able to put them into their CD player while they're driving. Um, so certain ones are good. Now, specifically in that category, I find that like if you were to get like religious or like self-help or finance or something like that, educational, those tend to do even better. Um, I've even been able to get some uh, CDs before at like libraries, the libraries, you know, they're selling certain things that are old. And so there's like a set of, you know, whatever book and you pick up, it's like a big old fat thing and it's got 12 CDs in it and they tend to sell pretty well. And so it's something a lot of people overlook. They don't think about them, um, but you can do pretty good with uh, the actual physical copy CDs. And the other thing too is because you can buy the MP3s a lot of times on eBay, it's, I want to say it's probably an extreme gray area because, you know, like, do they have the copyrights for that? And so there's some people, if they're, if they already don't want the, the audiobook on their phone, they might not be technologically savvy enough where they want to deal with downloading MP3s and finding a way to get those onto their phone or onto a CD. And so, and then there's some people who just want to know that I know for sure I'm getting a legal copy of this. I'm not buying like, you know, something that might be pirated or something like that. So yeah, if you can get some CDs, there's money there. Yeah, and I think price point is super important when it comes to that one, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can get them pretty cheap. I It's weird because I stayed away from this, from CD books for like three years. They were hot on Amazon for a little bit. And I remember I was like, yeah, score anytime. And then they're just terrible. Now, things that may change because of the pandemic, right? More people are wanting to keep themselves occupied and maybe listen to a book. I will say, I'm looking at the Harry Potter ones. If you lot them, they go for good money. Mm -hmm. If they're individual, it just depends on which one. But like, and, and Harry Potter, even with the books, if you're able to lot a complete set, you got money. Well, part of it too, the Harry Potter one, and, and again, you always got to look, but I find that the more, the more, it's like anything, the more niche book, is going to sell for more, it's just going to sell uh, slower. Right? I see what because you're saying. There are so many audio versions or like printed copies of of Harry Potter, right? They're a dime a dozen. And so the audiobook uh, CDs, there's not as many of them as there are physical books, but there's a lot more of them than there are of like a 
maybe something that's a little less popular, right? So if you find something that's a little less popular, people are still looking for that author and those those tend to sell for a little more because you couldn't get them at Costco for a long time for $14 each or something like that, right? They weren't in your local Walmart. Somebody had to buy them special in the first place. Yeah, and I would say, you know, don't, you might find a ton that are junk. It's like books, right? You can find a, you can find a really good book and it sells for good money. And then you find a lot of junk and a lot of audio CDs are junk because there's so many different versions, but if you can find the right one, you, you got to score. So, all right. So mine is, man, it's the same old, same old for me, but it's just, there's such good sellers. I, I don't want people to ignore it. Like, and so I've talked about sandals, but I haven't talked about water shoes, right? You know what water shoes are like when you yeah, go, man, I sell them all the time. Do you really? Okay. Yeah. It's been, it's been great lately. Um, Vibram Five Fingers. I don't think those are water shoes. No, they're more like running shoes. But but I, I you can use them at a water slide sure park, could. couldn't you? Yeah. So I don't know. But those are hot sellers. I I cannot hold on to those for more than two weeks. Yeah, like as, as soon as I source, they flip, they flip. I even so much so I paid eighteen dollars for a pair the other day because I I'll be able to flip it for like forty to fifty, and it, the profit's not great, but I know I'm gonna flip it. Like I have no worries about it, right? And from my experience, they sell really cheap at garage sales like people are thinking yep. like like yeah because they're like grimy gross. and dirty yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so i would say vibram five fingers and water shoes water shoes are selling and here's another reason i think they're selling well a lot of the country is still closed right and even if you go to like an off-price store like a ross or a burlington or tj maxx they are low on inventory right now some stores are liquidating some stores have had 50 percent off sales but there's not much out there Right, malls are still closed. Are malls by our place closed still? Um, I think some places are starting to open up some. But as far as like you going, hey, I need to go find a, a decent pair. Like you could always go to Walmart, but I would never buy water shoes from Walmart. Don't get I'm not hating on Walmart at all. I'm just saying, like they that, don't fit him well. Is the reason? Why. Yeah, I'm not a fan of blisters. Let's put it that way. But you know, there's only so many places people can go. I've sold out actually out of all my Lacoste sandals. Nice. They also so bad, so much so that. I sold a pair I didn't have anymore and I had to send one of those messages again. So, but I'm telling you like right now, if you can get your hand on those things, man, they are selling, right? So water shoes, uh, five Vibram, five fingers. It's been great. So that's, that's our bolos. All right. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Um, well, I'm looking forward to kind of hopefully decking out the trailer and by decking out, it's actually not going to be that much this time around. I need to get, um, I'm going to change the tires, put some, they don't need them, but I just want to put, they're cheap enough. You can get tires for trailers, like the small trailer I have for pretty inexpensive. So I'm going to do new tires on it. And then, uh, I bought a thing at a garage sale that lets me hold a spare. So I'm going to use one of the old ones as a spare. Uh, and then I'm thinking I was going to talk to you about potentially, uh, buying some vinyl to put on the side that say oh, yeah. Pure podcast and the logo. Um, and then also kind of just mapping out our road trip, which is we're only a couple of weeks out from it now at this point. So I want to like actually figure out the map. What are the thrift stores we're going to hit? What time do we need to leave each place to make sure we can hit as many as possible? Um, doing all of those things. So kind of prepping for and planning for vacation. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and also I'd like to get to a couple of garage sales. That would be really nice. Um, because <laughs> I don't even know when those are going to happen, man. Yeah. So I want to get to some garage sales. Hopefully this week on Saturday would be awesome. If not, I mean, you know, there's always a thrift store I can go to. So, yeah, uh, that's kind of, I mean, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty boring, pretty no, nothing super exciting, not but you know, looking forward to it. So, it makes me go. sad though, because our Instagram stories, like people always enjoyed our garage sales and all that. And just haven't been able to do that. Like, and it's been tough because we haven't been, we can't go to thrift stores every day. Right. So it's usually like, 
here's what's sold. Here's the tip. Da, da, da. So I appreciate you guys following us on Instagram. All right. So I am looking into, and I don't know how far I'm going to go with this, but I may just be merch fulfilled. I may be done with FBA. There you go. I feel like with FBA, I don't have any control over my inventory. I, I just have not been happy with the results. And uh, I'm hoping to have somebody on that actually did a ton of FBA and they just went merch fulfilled and never looked back, which sounds really weird, right? Because one of the reasons FBA is nice is the velocity and so on. So I'm the reason I'm kind of torn is because I can't do two to 300 sales in a day, like during Q4, like that, I'd go crazy. So maybe up until October, I'm going to do just Merchant Fulfilled. And then once October hits, I'll do FBA and I'll also do Merchant Fulfilled. But I've loved the control I've had over my inventory. Loved it. I've loved the velocity of sales and I love the control I have over my inventory. I just, I don't want to give that up. It's been really nice. And give you an example, I had one item I bought over a hundred of. And I just had sitting in, in my home and I knew that it was going to sell in a week because eBay tells you how many days of inventory you have. It's, it's pretty arky. It's kind of scary how accurate it is. And I knew in 14 days it would sell out. So I had no problem because I knew if I can sell out in 14 days, it may be 14 days by the time it gets to the warehouse and it checks in and even still prices are going to keep going down. But if I can listen right away and get things out the door, why not go down that road? So I'm going to have to do some researching uh, because MF means it's something that I'm not going to do online arbitrage with because I prices go down with online arbitrage. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I have liked the idea of like, for instance, this last item, I just needed a certain box. I knew how to pack it. I knew how to ship it. And, you know, shipping 93 things on eBay in 24 hours is exhausting, right? Because it could mean, <laughs> it could mean this espresso machine and a hat and a pair of shoes and da da da. On Amazon, if it's one item, if I have my system down, I'm good to go. So we'll see what happens. But I also I still have my magical number of having three K listings on eBay by the end of summer. So we'll see if I'm able to do that. So we'll see what happens. So it's good stuff. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I know this is a longer episode, but I know a lot of you appreciate them. Love all of you. Hope you all are staying safe out there and sourcing and making sales. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.